Hello and welcome to Connected, a podcast about people, ideas, marketing, technology and everything that's good in the world. Uh, I'm ASD, a digital man here at Mediacom. Hi, I'm Sue Uniman, Chief Strategy Officer at Mediacom. And joining us in, the stu- well, joining us in your studio, Nick, uh, is Nick <laughs> Lawson, EMEA CEO of Mediacom. Hello. 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 Uh, I've got an introduction here which I found on the Mediacom website, so Lovely. correct me if I'm wrong. Um, I hope it isn't wrong though. Nick Lawson became EMEA CEO in 2008 after leading the UK business chief exec in that time we won an additional 300 million pounds of new business and we were named media agency of the year by marketing campaign and media week so a double it's so never been done steve never did it no. what? Like point out. Yeah. <laughs> straight in <laughs> would you like to talk about who else hasn't done it <laughs> okay well, that leads us on quite neatly to the first question which was what were the significant moments in your career that got you to where you are and Stuff from the beginning as well as from the... Uh, the, the right like, from the beginning. Yeah, people like well, some stories. Yeah. Right, right, right from the beginning, yeah. really. Yeah. Okay, so what? So how did I end up in advertising? Really started in a, on a, uh, a camping trip. The only holiday that I could afford was a camping holiday when I was at, uh, when I was at university. And I went on a, a camping holiday with two, actually three friends. And we were in a campsite in Spain. And in the tent next to us was a guy called Roger... And Roger was a lecturer. I'd like, I really sort of don't know where he is now or what he's doing. But Roger was in the tent next to us, was holidaying alone. Slightly suspicious, obviously, but he was holidaying alone. um, So, Roger, if you're out there listening to (laughs) this. Yeah, I know. He's unlikely to get in contact now, is he? He was holidaying alone. I'm not saying that says anything, actually. I I retract that. Maybe we can edit that bit out. Maybe we can can edit that bit out. But um, he was holidaying alone anyway. And he was a lecturer in advertising, and I said, well, do you know what, advertising, what a great, I think I'd really like that. I really yeah. like the idea of it. I was very keen on sort of ads, as everybody was who grew up in the 70s and 80s, mm. loved advertising, because advertising was probably the thing you talked about most outside the programmes, right? Yeah. I don't think it's like that anymore, but it yeah. used to be yeah. like that when yeah. you were growing up. <laughs> and we can all remember all the ads yeah. that everybody saw when they were kids. So I thought, what a great idea. And he said to me, he said, uh, well, if, you, if, you, if you're interested, the best course in the country is at Watford College. And I said, well, I come from Watford, Roger. <laughs> and he goes, well, you can go back from university and you can go to Watford College because yeah. that's the best course in the country to do it. And I thought, great, I can spend another year being a student. <laughs> so I went to the course at Watford College. But unfortunately, Watford College, I got the wrong course because I only thought there was one... There was only uh, one job in advertising, and yeah. I thought that was right in the ads, right? Yeah, yeah. So I didn't yeah, know there was a whole industry, but yeah. I got the account director's course huh? rather than the creative course. So right. I turned up and going, well, when do we start writing the ads? Yeah. And they're going, well, we do that bit yeah. in sort of January, but the rest of it is how to be an account handler, really. Yeah. So I spent, and media. But actually, as it came on, uh, but as it sort of progressed, um, I got really interested in the media part of it, and I got really interested in the creative part of it, but yeah. I had no real interest in the account handling part mm. of it. So after I graduated, um, with a merit, um, <laughs> a merit's very good, as I explained to my parents. Yeah. A merit's very good, as I explained to my parents. Merit is absolutely fantastic. I've well, only gone and got a merit. Well, 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 well done, Nick. Unfortunately, my girlfriend at the time, who's actually now my wife, uh, got distinction. <laughs> so she piped up, well, well, it's not really. Everybody got a merit. You'd have to be a total muppet not to get... A merit, yeah. but only two of us got a distinction, and I was yeah. one. So uh, it's sort of a rivalry probably started then. But um, uh, so after that, I decided to become a, co- a copywriter. 
uh, create. So I try to be a creative. Um, uh, with somebody that actually works in Mediacom, who is a creative at Mediacom, Sam Lee and Month, and we were a creative team for a while, and we did some work placements and stuff. But I was not really good enough. Sam was, but I wasn't. And I kind of worked that out early doors that I wasn't going to make a great copywriter, actually. But I had to get a job. And so I took a me. Uh, so I took a, a I took a job in I took a job in media, uh, a company that was affiliated to um, Sarches at the time called uh, Acme Media, and and this is going to be quite flattering to Sue. The biggest mm. thing that changed, and it was a decent. I was quite. I was doing. I was a media planner buyer in then time, which is essentially a buy, right? Because mm. it was the only thing that people were doing in the late eighties yeah. was buying media, right? Negotiating, and then in the early 90s, I, I asked around and I knew the company I was working for wasn't really going to go anywhere. Mm. And I sort of worked that out. I was just about bright enough to work that out. And I asked around and there was a guy who, probably the best paid man in advertising, Steve Myron, who was <laughs> our rep at the time, <laughs> um, who runs Global Radio now, um, uh, set me up with an interview with Sue Uniman. And Sue Uniman, was, uh, who's sitting opposite me now, was launching uh, the first, or had launched, the first ever strategic planning unit in a media agency in the UK, right? And what I did know is I did think that media independence were the future. Yeah. I did know that strategy and media were really closely aligned, and I knew that that was probably going to be in some way, you know, the mm. future. Um so I started, uh, so uh, luckily I got the job with Sue, yeah. and actually Sue wrote me, and the reason I joined, because I had to take a pay cut to join, as yeah. I tell a lot of our people yeah. now about yeah. when money, when money's not always the most important thing with a job, right? Especially when you're in your 20s, because mm. I actually think what you do, what you learn, and mm. who, you're, who you're working with, who you're working for, right, is really important. And... I took a pay cut to join, and obviously I was extremely nervous about it. And I was actually going to, th I actually thought, actually, you know what, I'm not going to do it. I'm not going to do it. And anyway, Sue wrote me a letter, and she said, you know, I really want you to join. And my wife, uh, well, actually, girlfriend at the time, turned to me and said, you know, this, you know, they want you so much. You, you should, you should do it. You should do it. So I did it. So I did it. And it sort of that really changed, definitely changed my life, my working sort of perspective. Um, and I joined a company called the Media, the Media I think, Business. I think it changed the media business. Yeah, and, well. and I think, and as it turned out, a bit like copywriting, I was a decent planner, but I wasn't <laughs> a really great planner, you know. And I did, and I worked out that actually Sue would be, Sue would be. Uh, I, I was never going to be as good as Sue, right? Is it, it was the truth of it. But what I did have was I had a highly, highly competitive nature. Yeah. So, and I was quite single-minded. And um, and I was quite good at simplifying things. So I was quite good at taking things, packaging them, and making them simple, and getting clients to really understand what we were trying to trying to get at. Best person I'd ever met at that. And well, uh, that's very kind of you to say. And um, and that led to me actually being really quite good at new business because mm. I had a very competitive nature. I could simplify things, and I could kind of tell a story quite easily. I could package things really well. Plus. Um, I was um, very single-minded, and I really didn't mind whether people liked me or didn't like me, which I think in that running new business you can't care because yeah. you've got to focus on winning. So I was quite thick-skinned, um, and I think you know men have low EQs in their 20s and 30s anyway, and I think that's quite helpful. <laughs> At that time in my life, I probably 
was 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 good at that. And um, in terms of the thing that really really changed my kind of career or whatever, it was probably that when I agreed to do the new business job, uh, the media business as mm -hmm. the one in the late nineties. Now, new business at the time was thought of as the the, the job you gave somebody on the way out of the company, right? This is how yeah. it was viewed as the poison in the chalice industry, in, the, yeah. in the industry, yeah. right? New business directors never lasted. And most of my friends and colleagues thought I was completely mad to take on that job. But I took it on because Steve, who was then the managing director of the media business, had done it before. Mm -hmm. um, and also, Sue, and also there was great support function or, or great a consultant that we used, a guy called Mark Edwards, who Sue's... Um, who's Sue's partner, um, who was brilliant, who was really clever. So any of the ideas that I had, he could really, he's a fantastic journalist, a fantastic copywriter, and he could really put those yeah. into action. So we, we came up with a great product, and we did some really mm. good things, and we were really focused. And after losing the first 10 new business pitches in a row, which is not a great start, which is, which is why I think it's really important to have a boss, after losing the first 10 in a row, and I did lose my first 10 pitches in a row we went on a winning streak to end all winning streaks really yeah. and we took Mediacom and then merged with um, the uh, uh, with media business mm -hmm. and we became a new agency I think Claire Beale said great uh, you know uh, Mediacom pretty useless yeah. uh, media business slightly better than useless put the two together you get a bit useless <laughs> and we used this as sort of our inspiration, yeah. and we we got to number one within in the UK within. Well, we merged in ninety late ninety eight, early ninety nine, and we were number one by two thousand and two. So we went from number six to number one, um, and we just went on a massive winning streak. And I think for all of us, that period of our our career was kind of a defining moment. Mm -hmm. I think all of us that were there at that time really. You know, look back on that time as something that it's almost like a dream now, isn't it? Really, mm -hmm. but the great thing, and the thing I think we're all most proud of, is Mediacom still is, is yeah. still number one now. Mm. It's hard. I would say, you know, they say it's relatively easy to get to number one. I, and I, I, I don't think it particularly no. is, but it's a damn sight harder staying there than yeah. it is getting yeah. there. I yeah. would say, yeah. and I think that if you look then what happened over the next five, five years mm. and the people and the talent in this organisation. It was an incredible, uh, it's, an, it's an incredible achievement. And I think you can only do that when you've got a group of people that want to work together, mm. that feel really connected to the agency, mm. that feel that they've had a hand in building it, which I, which I think we all do. And all of us still at Mediacom still feel that way, I think. And we were, and we, we kind of, there was a camaraderie and a love for the people around us and each other that I think still exists to this day. And I think that's... So the proudest achievement was probably that, as yeah. all staying together, still liking each other. We haven't yeah. fallen out. Nope. We're not we've got massive egos, apart from Steve, obviously, he's got a huge <laughs> ego. But you know, the rest of us, you know, keep it in check. I think as we go along. Sorry, uh, what was the question? I totally that, forgot. No, that, that, that was, was good. That, that was it. That was a br brilliant answer. And I, I, I've got I've got a question that's sort of associated with some of the things you've said. But the more personal the answer, again, kind of the better. This is something that that. Our, our listeners have asked that, uh -huh. that you know we ask people. Um, what do you attribute your success to? Well, um, in, a, in terms of person, from, from a personal perspective, yeah. I would say 
that I grew up playing, I was sport mad when I was a kid, so mm-hmm. I've got this competitive streak in yeah. me, so I think personally, I've got a very, and I think Steve would say this about me, he, 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 other than himself, he thinks I'm the most competitive yeah. person mm-hmm. he's ever met, and I think I'm just, I love competing. I actually don't mind losing, contrary to popular belief, I mean, nobody likes losing, but I actually think losing's part of when you play sport, there's an yeah. inevitability, right, you've got to lose. Yeah. And there's an, ev- an inevitability that you lose in business sometimes, right? And I think learning from that, taking that on board, is probably one of the most important things. And mm. a lot of people, it's a cliche, but you, lo- you learn more when you lose yeah. than, than when you win. I really do believe in that. But my overriding thought on what I attribute my success to is working around brilliant people, right? Mm. Um, it's impossible to do it on your own. Agencies are impossible to run on your own. Um, we rely, and what clients really buy into is they buy into teams of people. And I've, I've been a great believer when you're in a new business pitch or you're meeting a client for the first time, a client's got to want to be part of the team that you represent. Yeah. So they've got to want to feel part of it. And I used to say, the feeling that the client needs to have is I want to be part of that. Mm-hmm. I want some of that. Mm-hmm. And I think that's the most important thing. So I attribute myself, oh, and the other third thing I'd say, and anybody that tells you any different is lying, luck. Right, you've got to be at the right place at the right generous. time. Yeah. yeah, and you know, absolutely, you know, Napoleon quote, yeah. but I'd give you the same about football managers, yeah. any walk of life, life. You need a bit of luck, you need to be in the mm-hmm. right place at the right time, but you need enough, um, uh, you, you, you need enough ability to be able to spot that mm-hmm. and make that work for you in your favour. So, spot the bits when you're lucky, and I think that what I did was, um, you know, I suppose I spotted the opportunity when it was presented to me, which was when Mediacom and the media business merged. And I think there was a pivotal moment, yeah. and we all had to perform at that mm. time and do really well at that moment in yeah. time. It was a brilliant opportunity for us, but I would say the six people that were running that agency yeah. at that time nailed it, right? Mm. And I think that's it's about nailing it, getting nailing that opportunity at that moment. You're talking about a, a huge level of resilience as well. So to, to run your business, I'd, for, I'd forgotten this if I was aware of it, and lose the first 10 pitches and use that as something to drive your success as opposed to spiralling off. That's... Well, and there was a lesson in that, funny enough, there was a lesson in that, right? Because by and large, when I was doing that, I was trying to figure out what was going wrong. And the feedback that we were getting was, they really liked you, Nick, yeah. but they didn't like the team. Yeah. And, you, and what I was doing, really, was selling me rather Self, than the team. Yeah. And what, yeah. I, what I had to do was step back and yeah. make sure that they were buying, yeah. because they're not buying you, they're buying yeah. the team. The team. Yeah, so from then, I really did step back from yeah. it and really and push, the, you know, push the team. That's fascinating. Other people. So right now, what is your focus, both personally and professionally? Well, personally, okay, I'm on, my focus is cricket. Right, right, and I'll tell you summer. why. Well, eight summer, but my focus is cricket. So I play for a Sunday. I've played cricket all my life. It's my favourite sport, although I play football. But I run a, a, a cricket team with some friends that people I went to school with. Sure, we go back like 30, 40 years, and uh, we are on an unbeaten run. Are you? We are on an unbeaten run. So we are on a twenty-two match what? unbeaten. Right, this thing's become kind of bigger than it's dominated yeah, yeah, all yeah. of our lives, right? Yeah, so yeah. we've become obsessed with it. Yeah. So obsessed with not losing the winning streak, keep keeping yeah. going. Oh, there's a lot of I love so that. Every exactly. So every every sort of spare moment I've got, I think about that. 
<laughs> which pleases my uh, two kids and uh, wife oh, immensely, enormously. as you can yeah. imagine. As you can imagine. But I'm sort of thinking, yeah, I'm thinking about that. I'm thinking about that now, actually. Amazing. <laughs> I'm thinking about the <laughs> um, What's the other bit of it? And professionally as well. Professionally, I think that um, you know, business, I suppose business dominates. I think that, you know, I run EMEA, so, and the UK and Germany are our kind of biggest market, so they're, they're always a, a, a worry, but I think our biggest focus professionally is making Mediacom the number one global network, right? Mm. And that's what we're entirely focused on, really, that dominates us. And that's simple, the simple equation is about winning clients and not losing clients. Mm. Yeah. So and that's what dominates sort of all of our agendas, I would say. Sure. Yeah. I think, as I said, we're competitive by nature. You have to have a, a landmark for your success, I think, in business. Mm-hmm. You know, what, what are you aiming mm-hmm. for? Uh, and I think that's what we're aiming for. We're aiming to be that. And we're not that yet. But Fantastic. We're, you know, I'd say we're decent work in progress, though. So you've talked about, you know, you've come from Mediacom UK. Um, you're now running um, all of Amir. How's the relationship... Um, with the, with the UK change? Well, it's difficult, isn't it? Because obviously, you know, the headquarters of Mediacom Global uh, and EMEA worldwide is in is in this building. So yeah. we share the same building, right? Yeah. Um, we sit on slightly different floors. You're much higher. We're, 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 we're a bit higher up. Uh, mm. It's a bit of a cliche, that, isn't okay. it? Yeah. You're working your way up the building. Yeah. And it's quite interesting. I was having an office on nearly every floor in this building. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, I moved about... So... In terms of the relationship, I think, has it changed? I think there's a tendency, because I know that, because obviously I've run the UK, right? And there's no, and, and when I was doing, but when I inherited, when I first inherited this job, there was no moving part of Mediacom in the UK that I didn't know. Yes. Mm. And as time goes on, of course, the people change yeah. to a certain degree. A lot of the senior people haven't, but a lot of the people have changed, yeah. the products change, the way it works changes, right? And so you get, so you, you, you don't know the detail like you did. You can't shortcut yeah. like you did. And then I think, and that has made, I would say, so at first the relationship can be quite tense because obviously you're supposed to be yeah. focused yeah. on Amir. Mm. But of course you know much more about that specific agency sure. than you do about everybody else. So you tend to kind of shortcut. Mm. So I think inevitably there's a tension there to start with. But then if you, but then I think about, where the management has really come from moving mm. forward. They've worked with me in Amir, so they've come from Amir mm. back into the UK. So I think they've got a really great perspective of what it's like yeah. to be part of a network, right? So both Karen and Josh did the same job for me mm. in Amir, right? Mm. So Josh replaced Karen Amir, and then he went back into the UK as COO. Mm. So they've come from a background of really understanding the network. And I think once that's happened, I think there's much more integration between the two things mm. there's departments now that we share um, and I think uh, overall there's a great you know there's a I, I think it's a great working relationship yeah. mm. really good yeah. working relationship that's I, great so and I and, and honestly I know people probably would say I would say this but I look at other agencies right yeah it's not the same no. No. Know, there's a real division between mm. a worldwide and the, the home market if yeah. you like uh, you know that doesn't exist here. Yeah. It really doesn't. Yeah. So I think that's a positive thing. Yeah. That's brilliant. So what's next for you? What do you want to achieve next? Oh, good question. Um, I think that, I think within Mediacom, I think the focus has to be to us getting to that kind of number one position, right? And I think the other thing that I think is really close to my heart, but, and, I, and I'm looking at this at the moment and working quite a lot on it, is uh, content within the business, yeah. right? So underneath we say Mediacom... 
got two things we say about ourselves. People first, better results, right? Which yeah. I think everybody recognises that's in Mediacom's DNA. But strategically, we say Mediacom, the content and connections agency. Mm. Okay? And we have to truly, to, to make that vision a reality, we truly have to build a content business that's integrated within everything that we do. And I think the thing that keeps me up at night, not keeps me up at night, but I think the thing that really drives me forward is really trying to fulfil that vision. Right? Mm. How do we integrate uh, a content division, which we've built really successfully, mm. called MBA, really into our business at a strategic level mm. in every single part of our company? And how do we provide clients with brilliant content solutions? Because they're crying out for it, right? It's mm. not being delivered by any agency, mm. in my view, at this moment in time. There's mm. a massive opportunity, I think, for media agencies to take, on, to take the centre ground because I think the channel, the medium is the message, right? Mm -hmm. Which is what Martin's now currently saying. It's more true now than it ever was. Yeah. And it's more specifically all the different channels, right? Yeah. And, and how we integrate those and connect those together and provide content in a fluid way, right the way mm. through all of those different channels in a linked way that people can understand, that a consumer can understand. So we're taking them through a journey and a story behind a brand. It's going to be the, and then using tech and data to support that mm. and how we use put that on top of talent is going to be how we're going to differentiate ourselves mm. really so it's a mixture of those things and that's another thing Martin says doesn't he, he says it's a mixture of talent data and technology and you, you you've got and how we're going to differentiate ourselves is how we blend those things together mm. and all agencies I suppose are like most things most agencies at face value appear the same right yeah and the thing that differentiates them is the, the talent and the way they put those things delivery. together yeah. and the delivery. Yeah. So in, a, in the end, it comes down to how well do you execute. And I still, and I still believe that yeah. as a company now, right? Mm. So the, we were talking before this podcast exists that we had some issues on a client, right? Yeah. We won't name the client, obviously. Yeah. But, um, and that is about, in the end, it, came, it comes down to the plan and the execution yeah. that's put in front of them, right? Yeah. yeah. Mm -hmm. And I... I you can have the best strategy the sharp, in the world. Absolutely. Yep. That's the sharp end of the business. Um, what advice would you give to someone just starting out then? Don't do what I did. These are the best advice uh, that I, I can in, give in, them. Uh, in any respect? <laughs> <laughs> no, in a, in a specific request, right. which I will now go into. Yeah. So when I first... Um, when I first... The first job I ever had, I'd come from uh, university. I'd done a postgraduate... Yep. Course in advertising, which I talked about at Watford. It's the best place at that point in the country to do it, even though I got merit and I got merit. <laughs> yeah. I discussed. I don't think you said well done. No, no, no. <laughs> I want to know I what got Steve got. <laughs> and um, so, and I was asked to, you know, my first job, I was asked to put bookings on the system. DDS, do you remember DDS? We had to put yeah. the bookings on, and I was just given a big pile of paper. And I, I spent six months uh, putting bookings on the yeah. computer. And getting extremely annoyed, getting extremely annoyed <laughs> yeah. and very, very angry that I was much better than this, yeah, that I could okay. do more than this, yeah. without really understanding that what I had to do was just be part of the team yeah. and be helpful and just yeah. just blend in. I can see and you going Yeah, crazy. yeah, yeah, absolutely. And it <coughs> took me 18 months, really, to work, kind of work that out. I wasted 18 months. Yeah. So I started my career just, getting, just being, um, what's the word, chippy. Yeah. I suppose is the way I'd describe yeah. it. And I, and I look back and I just think, God, if I'd have just done things, I could have just 
yeah. I could have had 18 months of really going mm. somewhere. Because yeah. once I'd worked that out, I really started yeah. to do really well, right? Because I used to say, oh, I'll do that, I'll do this. Yeah. And I got really interested in... Um, we had some response clients at the time, and I got really interested in this, the stats behind response and what advertising mm. was working, mm. which is why I think you... Sue employed me because I had a I was, I was very results yeah. kind of driven and mm. I wanted to connect what we actually did with yeah. how it actually worked yeah. and what was actually yeah. sold and, um, and that's where I really got interested in kind of media media strategy so that would be my I suppose my advice was would would be to open yourself up to being part of a team yeah. um, do what you do whatever asked of you to the very best of your ability and do it enthusiastically and there's one and when I arrived at the media business, and I always remember this is Sue, this brilliant Sue thing, this is to do with you, and um, we used to do, we still do competitive reports right now. Now we do sort of audits, they sound great, yeah. don't they? And, and actually they're really interesting the compared to what yeah, I was yeah, up to yeah. back in the 90s. But we used to just, just reams and reams of spend competitive data, and we yeah. used to tell our clients where other clients or their competitors were spending. And these reports were, took ages to put together, and they had the same format, and they were, you know, relatively boring to do. Mm -hmm. And I remember complaining to Sue that, oh, not another competitive report that she was making me do. And she said, <laughs> well, and then I said, well, what, what's the matter? And I was saying, well, they're really incredibly boring. And he goes, well, they're only boring if you make them boring. So you're obviously doing it wrong if they're boring. Yeah. So you've got to apply yourself to making it interesting. And uh, and I and I and I think that's probably this uh, that's probably really good yeah. advice about anything that we do. I would make say, it, make it better. yeah, you can yeah. make anything that we do better. And so the other thing is, think of ways of making things better, right? Yeah. And I think that's the other thing that I think that Mediacom's pretty good at in terms of being a meritocracy. I like to think that if you come up with a good idea, yeah. wherever you work in the building, if you see that something can be improved, right, you can make it so. You can you can make that happen. Somebody will listen to you. Find the person. You know, yeah. your boss should listen to you. And if they mm. don't, you know, write to me. Brilliant. What is the biggest mistake that you've made in your career? And conversely, what's the best decision you, you've made in your career? Um, um, well, I've, I've made lots of mistakes. I mean, <laughs> lots of mistakes. And I've got a lot of things wrong. And I think any anybody in business, right, it's really hard to get through your career without making any yeah. mistakes. You won't have much of a career, right? Because mm. by definition, tough decisions, right, are... Mm. 50 50 calls they're we've, difficult we've made some terrible mistakes together haven't we yeah i yeah. mean i think the new business, new business. <laughs> there's a funny new business pitch story that i think is probably the worst maybe the worst moment of my career where i really did get it wrong but it's taught me a, a thing about kind of questions yeah. so, <laughs> oh, yeah. so yes i was there we won't name the client <laughs> but i had a really thought that you could get more rather than asking the traditional chemistry boring yeah questions i had this idea of saying well we're going to and I read, I read this book, I think, and they were yeah. saying, well, ask, if you ask questions a different way, you kind of get a different answer, right? Better so answer. A better answer, you know, it'll be a slightly more unique answer. And, the, and so I had this series of questions which were, if, you're, if, you're, if your company was an animal, what animal would it be? Amazing. Or, right? Yeah. And um, the, 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 the client goes, but we're, uh, but we're not an animal. <laughs> I said, no, but if you were an animal, what, what animal would you go? Well, we're not an animal. And what sort of question is that, anyway? So you kind of ask me another question. So the next question on my list was, um, if you were a car, <laughs> I remember half-heartedly, 
half-heartedly going, if you're a car, what, what car? And I don't know, maybe not, maybe not. And uh, it was maybe... Suffice to say, we didn't win it. No. But Steve didn't help as well by uh, asking if he played golf. I always remember this. Steve goes, uh, do you play golf? And he goes, uh, yeah, yeah, I do. I'm quite keen golf. And he goes, uh, what sort of handicap have you got? And the guy rather proudly goes, 18. He goes, oh, that's shit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we sort of, we went through the whole pitch. I mean, it was a long process, but we lost it, I think, in that meeting. <laughs> I think the mistakes you make, by and large as well, by the way, mm-hmm. are usually to do with um, people. Mm-hmm. So losing certain, you know, losing certain people, I suppose, um, or employing the wrong people. Yeah. Um, and particularly in my, in my job now, where I've got to put sort of leaders in place in different markets, and, and I've definitely made some <coughs> mistakes in that. And I've, got some, I've made some good decisions, I've made mistakes, and it's not an exact science, and, but it shouldn't stop you being brave, right? Mm-hmm. So... Karen preaches this, which I think is a great quality mm. across the, the agencies about bravery and what bravery means. And by definition, brave is doing something that scares you, right? Mm. And it's difficult. And I think we do need bravery in the business and we do need people that are prepared to make mistakes if we're going to get anywhere. And I think that our management has to encourage that. Yeah. Um, and it has to encourage people to be brave enough. And you know what? And this is the, the, sometimes I think in business that people are too scared to make a decision because they don't want to be seen to be making a mistake. Yeah. Oh, I think that's got to be the wrong way to look at it. It's got to be the wrong way to look at it. Do you, do you want to answer the second half of the question as well? The well, best. 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 Yeah. Um, well, the, the, the best decision I've ever made, I think I've talked about it, was to, was to make the decision to take on uh, new business, yeah. without a doubt. I mean, I think if there was a moment that changed my career, it was, the, it yeah. was that. Yeah. Uh, um, and it was also the bravest decision I ever made in terms of moving away from something I was pretty good at. Yeah. I could have had a great career doing that, but I don't think it would have been outstanding. And I think choosing to go, I'm going to focus on this, which everybody told me not to do. Um, it was it was scary and difficult, but it was but it was the the, the one that changed everything really. Okay, this is one of our um, questions that we ask everyone, which is: If you were a genie, what five objects, oh. every available objects, would I put in a magic circle to summon you? Objects in um, in a professional sense or personal? No, no, or personal, personal sense. Um, I mean, it can be professional if you want, but, you know, the things that if I had them all in a circle and I said, come on, Nick, you do. My, okay, so, um, uh, my Watford season ticket. Yeah, A cricket bat, a cricket yeah, bat and ball, that can too. be kind of worn. That's yeah, a combination, you can have that. You isn't it? That, so yeah, these yeah. would be um, yeah. a book, I think, and the book would probably be Birdsong. Okay. Um, Is there a why to both? It's just my favourite It's just my favourite. Um, it's just my favourite book, and um, uh, it's a book I could read again. You know. Okay. Yeah. Um, I think that I would have something that reminded me of my family, without mm-hmm. a doubt. So probably a photo yeah. of us all together at Christmas, something yeah. like that. Because I think we, there's a picture of all my, my, you know, my whole family together on the stairs at my parents' house. So yeah. I probably take that. I probably um, I probably take that. Um, and I think uh, how many is that? That's four. You got one more. That's four. 
And I think the other thing I'd probably take is... Um, uh, nobody can see it, but no. on my wall there is a picture when I was when I'd done twenty years at Mediacom. There's a picture that's done in the uh, in the style of the Sergeant Pepper's Lonely Hearts Club yeah. Band, and these are all the people I worked with over those twenty yeah. years. Are in this Sergeant Pepper sort of album cover yeah. photo, and um, and that and that photo means a huge amount to me actually. Yeah. Yeah, in fact, it's the best thing, one of the best things that I've ever been given actually. So and I've got another copy of it at home, which I have at home. Actually, I'm, I'm proud, proud to be on So you are there somewhere. Yeah, yeah. Mind you, Adrian Green made it on there, so anybody can yeah. get on there. And, the <laughs> and, and your cat. And my cat, Winnie, yeah. Yeah, 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 Winnie, yeah, 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 yeah. That's great. So, House Fire. Yeah, so, so we've done the five commonly, uh, commonly available objects. So what are people really going to listen this long? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Really? Yeah, yeah. Well, we'll never yeah. know. We'll, we'll never, never know, do you? No. Yeah, yeah, no. Um, what three things would they save? What three things would you save from your house in a fire? I mean, oh. the, the family's safe, the family dog's safe, the cat's yeah. safe. You've yeah. still got a cat as well as a dog? Yeah, I'm cat, not sure to save the dog. What? I'm not sure to save Charlie. the dog. No, I'd love to, of course, yeah. <laughs> Jesus, I'd never be forgiven. <laughs> so, fa- ri- you know, fa- family and objects, yeah. living objects safe. Um, oh, um, I would... Okay, so there's a watch that my um, grandfather left me. Right. So I would definitely take I would definitely take that. Can you yeah. give us an idea of what it's like? Uh, it's not very expensive. No. Um, it's gold. It's like a gold watch. I mean, it's a relatively cheap watch, yeah. but it just mean it just reminds me of him. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think uh, you know, there's a you know, there's a, I've got a lot of good memories. Uh, you know, for, uh, about him as I was uh, as I was growing up. Um, I think that the I would probably there's a photo. <laughs> this, this bit sad. This, but there are two photos of me. <laughs> one, <laughs> one, one. No, no, they are team photos at least. There's one of me and um, back in the glory days of media, UK Gold hired out Wembley Stadium. And there is a um, and my team and they hired out when we stayed and they had a competition with like I don't know, nine teams from the industry and we're all mixed up and my yeah. team won it right played in goal saved right. a penalty yeah. against yeah. Steve Leonard yeah. in the <laughs> final to win it yeah. right because I was a goalkeeper so there's a picture of that team of me at Wembley the old Wembley Amazing, okay. yeah. Oh, yeah. I love that yeah and there's another one of me doing a similar thing at Lords so I played <laughs> my two ambitions right. yeah. I played at Wembley and I played at right. Lords so I'll probably grab those okay. two photos. That's fantastic. Those two photos. Um, we've 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 done your favourite book actually, but oh, which is good. Birdsong. Although there is a, a variant to the question, which is: Do you give away? Do you ever give away a book? In which case, is it that one, or is it is there a, another one that you give away? Um, well, the the book I've I've given away the most in my career yeah. was the What If book, right. okay. How to Create a uh, Creative Revolution in the Workplace, yeah. and I think that we changed um, we changed MediaCom massively massively with that book. Yeah. And I think um, I, I found that, I mean, we, we read that many years ago, wasn't yeah. it? I mean, that, that book. But I think that formed the, the basis of the culture yes. that Mediacom yeah. has yeah. here. That and a combination of Alan's media business type culture yeah. blended with yeah. the possibilities that that What If book gave yeah. us, I think, about how we could really change, that anybody could come up with an idea and make it happen yeah. Yeah. that could be creative, yeah. whether you worked in reception or you yeah. worked in strategic planning, whatever mm. part of the business, yeah. we could kind of change our world. We yeah. had it within ourselves to do it. Yeah. And I thought there's a great democracy in that. 
Yeah. And everybody went on the training. I remember yep. pitching that to Steve at the time, saying that we're never going to work out whether this is worth it or not. But mm. we spent at the time like hundred thousand yeah, pounds training everybody in the company yeah. on how to think creatively. And, and, I just and we are uh, the only company that did that. So yeah, they, and, I, and I just thought it was a really brave thing to do. Yeah. To be fair to Steve, he signed. Yeah. You know, he yeah. signed it off. Did it. I just think made it, it, it made a big difference. It made a big difference to our culture. Well, are you, you, you going to give uh, Nick a billboard? Yeah, so we're, we're going to give you a billboard. It can go anywhere. Where would it be and what would it say? Ooh. Um Well, I'm always very impressed. I'm very yeah. impressed with the billboard that I look out onto. This one here. Oh, it's yeah, no, I one, love that one. Right? Yeah. This, is, this is my favourite site. Yeah. And if you look Me down too. my office, I'm on the sixth floor. I know you can't see this podcast, right? But yeah. it looks down towards Holborn from the Mediacom building. And it's an electronic, uh, uh, digital, sorry, digital electronic, <laughs> electronics band. <laughs> digital poster, digital poster. But, um, and I'm used to looking out at my office and I'm used to seeing various dignitaries from Mediacom on that poster. Because when any, anybody wants to do this, so I always see Karen or yeah. Jane yeah. or Josh, always on that poster. Never me. No, 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 or no. me, or me. <laughs> so it would definitely be that poster. Would we put you on it? And it would definitely be, yeah, it would be, get, it would be definitely get, that poster. And I reckon what should have it is, go home. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. Very, very the good. The final question, which we haven't prepared you for. All right, all right. From the these, Columbo question. The Columbo question. These are yeah. 100 questions, which are toolkit for careers. They oh, um, may God. not be ones that you raise in a, like torture. in a chemistry meeting. Um, but here's four, if you could choose one. And one. Read all right, it. I've just got to pick one. Read, read it. it and answer read it. it, if you would. Choose another one if you're pulling a face. You can pull another one. No, 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 it's fine. Which of your talents is the world in danger of overlooking? <laughs> ah. So, all oh, right, okay. That's terrible. I really hate talking about myself. Um, <laughs> 30, I think most minutes, people. I think most people when they meet me, yeah, think that I'm extremely um, miserable no, really? and, uh, yeah. and aggressive. Yeah. I, I think I've just got an unfortunate face. Yeah. And I think the, uh, I suppose, so I suppose the talent that I think the world overlooks would be the fact that actually I'm quite nice, quite yeah. a sort yeah. of sweet person yeah. actually, and, I've got, and I am quite funny. Yeah. But, but I don't think people yeah. see that when they first meet me because yeah. it takes me a while to get, I'm quite shy. Yeah. So it takes, I'll, I'll constantly explain this to people. To, yeah, yeah, <laughs> How yeah, adorable yeah. So you are. I think I'm quite, I'm quite, I'm yeah. quite shy, that's, yeah. the, that, you know, yeah. that's, the, that's the issue. So maybe that'll be it. Nick, it's been absolutely wonderful talking Brilliant. to you. Thank you for your time. Thank you. No, yeah, thank, you. thank you. If anybody's still listening. Yeah. <laughs>